Welcome to Recovery Unplugged. My name is Paul Ciotta and I'm one of the chaplains at the Colony of Mercy at America's Keswick. And the reason we call this Recovery Unplugged is simple. You see, there are a lot of secular recovery groups, programs, formulas, and frankly, there's this tension between the philosophies and teachings of those groups and programs and, and, and the Word of God. What we want to explore in these sessions that we do is how do we relate this to your journey? In other words, your recovery journey and how that tracks with the Word of God. And this week's topic fits perfectly in light of the mission of Recovery Unplugged. It's life in recovery. Every so often I get a call from a colony grad who'll ask me, hey, how's Joe doing, or how's Brian doing, or how's Jeff doing? Now, I have to pause for a minute when he asks me that question. Now, I'm not trying to be snarky or glib or cute, but I have to ask him, could you be more specific? You see, we have different ways to gauge how we're doing. We all know that. The standard answer is when somebody asks us how you're doing, we normally say, I'm fine. But even if we're not, we may just soft soap it a little bit and say, well, I'm holding on or I'm doing the best that I can. Sometimes we sort of blatantly fib and say, great. But we need to recalibrate what that how I'm doing actually should be expressed, especially in light of our recovery. We have to ask the question as we're referring to somebody else and say, is he using again? See, that's one standard. Or are we looking at his spiritual walk? That, that's another standard. Or is he loving his family? Is he faithful on his job? Is he respected in the community or in the church? Or more importantly, is he gaining more and more confidence in Christ as part of his sanctification process? As we look at recovery and life in recovery, we have to look at what life in recovery actually means. See, because if our standard is sobriety, we have to readjust the standard. The target is just, just too low. Yes, staying clean is important and it's necessary for our emotional, spiritual, and physical health. No question. But if you've been in the bonds of addiction, you most likely believe that that's, that one factor, that staying clean, and sober is the number one priority in your life. And frankly, I get it. Look, when you were in addiction, you disappointed a lot of different people, your family, your friends, you lost jobs, you lost housing, you lost time, and clearly you lost opportunity. You've alienated a lot of those people, and you don't want to do it again. And I understand that there's a deep, abiding desire not to go back to that focus that at one time was so very, very important to you. 
But what some of us do is we look back and we try to grasp on our personal accomplishments and call them goals, especially as it relates to addiction. But if we're so busy counting the years, months, weeks, days, hours, and minutes that we haven't had a drink or used substances or viewed porn, that becomes our next all-consuming issue. That's like looking in the rearview mirror at our past or, or looking at those mile markers on our journey and saying, look how far we've come. It's a wonderful benchmark. And I'm not diminishing the importance of putting distance between you and using. It's also a great way to gauge success. But should the length of our sobriety or sobriety itself define you? Should the fact that you haven't gone down the same path you did before actually be a sense of reward or, or to be patted on the head to say, you've done good? And does that become our self-worth? Does that give us the value that we're so desperately looking for? It would be as if a man stands up in the middle of a church testimony time and, and declares that he hasn't cheated on his wife in six months. It sounds kind of foolish. But it's not unlike what we've been talking about. Track with me on this. If we become so obsessed with our quest to stay clean, it can be just as obsessive as when we were in addiction. It's the same draw. It's the same desire. It's the same priority setting. The focus on our sobriety, in a sense, becomes a new addiction. We can become so driven by staying sober, everything else becomes secondary. Even Jesus. Our overwhelming focus on this sobriety drives us to do extreme things, doesn't it? For example, we leave the colony and we may start working out every day for hours in an effort to build up our bodies and maybe even find some happiness in the process because people start looking at us and saying, man, you really are tight. Or maybe it's just the joy of getting that little bit of dopamine or endorphins or, or norepinephrine or, or even serotonin that, 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 that gets released in our system. Now, let me get this straight, there's nothing wrong with getting in shape, but it becomes a method for seeking something else that's not in your old addiction? Same thing with food. <laughs> we have this standing joke in the colony that it's 30 pounds in 30 days. Well, are we really looking for comfort from that extra gravy on the meatloaf or maybe the homemade biscuits or the extra bowl of ice cream or that larger slice of cheesecake? Maybe you're a person that lives for relationships, so you really want a boyfriend or a girlfriend to, to snuggle up with and to share your deepest secrets or, or, or just companionship. In itself, nothing's wrong with that, but that could become obsessive. Now you might say to me, chap, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm off the opiates, 
but I, but I don't really see a problem in in just having a glass of wine over dinner or or maybe even smoking weed now and then. It's legal after all, right? Yeah, it's legal. But you may take a different approach completely. And you may even say, I'm going to stay really close to the source of my salvation, where, where I got saved, where I realized Jesus Christ was where I needed to find my sobriety. So I'm going to kick in and stay connected with Keswick. I mean, I'm going to go to all the conferences, Sunday services, TNT on Wednesdays, and I'm even going to stay connected to the chaplains. And if I have to call my chaplain every single day, that's what I'm going to do. Let's get something straight. Your time in addiction was a season, just one time period. It's just a segment of that timeline that God has laid out in your life. Psalm 139 tells us that we were knit in our mother's womb, that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. It doesn't identify us as addicts. And it's not really fair for you to identify yourself as an addict or an alcoholic or or, or even a former addict. It's just not fair. You wouldn't say that you were a former seventh grader, even though that was a time period in your life. No, you've moved on from that. Your addiction is certainly part of your story, but it's not your story. We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to to understand ourselves because whatever we pursue becomes our identity. So we have to ask ourselves a very hard question. What is our identity? Who or what do we identify with? Our identity must be in Jesus. Not a program, not a method, not a process, not a plan to stay clean, not even in America's Keswick. It is in Christ and Christ alone. We need to put our dependence on the Savior, the one who is life, because our identity becomes what we pursue. The Apostle John, boy, he got that message and he understood it. He starts out the first chapter of his gospel, and he really spells it out. He makes it very, very clear that Jesus is the source of life. As a matter of fact, he is the source of our life. Listen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. Listen to verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John continues to record all the pieces of Jesus' identity as he continues to share them with us, specifically his apostles. In a conversation with one of those apostles, Thomas, 
Jesus actually reminds him that he needs to follow him because, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 10.10 10 is a, a verse that those in addiction might actually be able to relate to. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and to have it to the full. Now Jesus is not just saying that our flaws, our, our pasts, our sin, Satan, steals and kills and destroys, but he now begins to say, once you have me, you have life to the full. John 6.35, he even brings it closer to home as it relates to our needs. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Wow. And then we jump over to his first epistle, 1 John, and he makes it plain. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Let's remember something here. It's not Jesus and my sobriety, or my sobriety is the most important thing to me, and I praise God for it. Life itself is Jesus. And if we have surrendered our lives to the Lord and trust him as our Savior, our recovery depends on embracing that Jesus as our life. Now, do we need to praise God for the fact that we have found his son, which then leads us to sobriety? Absolutely. But if we center our lives around the things that will keep us sober, it's a different kind of bondage. It's a bondage to stay clean. Jesus needs to be the priority in our lives. Romans 6, 17 and 18. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you have come to obey from your heart the pattern of teaching that has now claimed your allegiance. Listen, you have been set free from sin and become slaves to righteousness. Whew. You see, our identity is now in Jesus and that is our life from this point forward. It's our life in him and it's the only thing that really matters. There's a verse that hangs on the wall at the Colony Chapel that the Colony guys as well as the students at Barbara's place certainly have seen. It's Galatians 2.20 and we need to be reminded of that verse every single day. 
I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. When we continue to identify ourselves as addicts, even when that season of our life is over, we're denying Christ is our life. Simple as that. And if we seek other forms of distractions, that's, that's also a denial. We're either supplementing Christ or over-replacing him. Jesus is life. And our life in him is more than enough to satisfy. Taking our focus off of ourselves and placing it where it belongs is critical in our recovery. Paul reminds us that we, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God had prepared in advance for us to do. That's Ephesians 2.10. And that brings us full circle because our life in recovery needs to center on our faithfulness to God whatever he has us to do. We need to recognize that he has a plan for our lives. And in that, alcohol, substance abuse, or anything else that has taken our attention off of Jesus is in the rearview mirror. It's in the past. We can and will live our lives focused exactly where it should be, not on ourselves, not on our perceived needs, not even on our selfish desires, and not on our pasts. We can and will need to walk with Jesus. Does this mean that you'll never be tempted to use again? No. No. Does this mean that you'll never have memories or, or flashbacks or desires? No. But will you be able to prioritize the most important relationship you possibly could have, the relationship with Jesus Christ? Yes. And in that, once Jesus is top priority, everything else seems secondary or even lower than that. And that includes our using or our distractions, the things that kept us from Christ in the first place. Listen, the dictionary definition of recovery is a return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. But let's remember that if we truly walk with Jesus, it's anything but normal. We need to remember that living in Jesus is different than our life before we walked with Jesus. We want to be disciples of Jesus. And, and, and he himself tells us that we must deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow him. What that means is we're not important in the respect of saying, it's easy for us to deny ourselves and to say, it's not about us. 
and we take up our cross daily, that means that we need to be prepared to die. And following him at that point becomes so much easier because we're not in his way. It's not about our addictions. It's not about our feelings. It's not about our past. Our recovery is real recovery when we depend on ourselves no longer, but rather focus on following Jesus because he's the life, our life. Life and recovery is remembering that our identity is not in Christ and my sobriety. It's Christ and Christ alone. Thanks for checking out this video. And if you need help, we're here for you. Feel free to call us at the Colony of Mercy or at Barbara's place, and we're here. Check out our resources also on americaskeswick.org. Resources on addiction recovery and walking with Jesus. We've been doing this for 124 years, and we're ready to help you. Again, just go to americaskeswick.org. Have a great day in him, and may God continue to bless you on your journey.